deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following podcast contains explicit language. For me, I was on an airplane. I fly just about every week, so uh, a lot. And we got to 10,000 feet. And the interval that was played when we got there was this minor interval. minor means something's wrong. And so, you know, so it, it just, that one sound really instilled this you know, fear and, and oh, you know, but actually nothing was wrong. It was just the two notes that they chose. And it was, it was experiences like that that definitely got me to thinking about, well, how can we make those sounds better? How can we make those sounds both be functional, but also aesthetically pleasing and make sense to the user, who in this case is someone who's, you know, flying through turbulence. Steve Milton is the founding partner of a company called Listen. Listen specializes in sonic branding. And most notably for all of you, they made this sound. And if that sound isn't familiar to you, then you're probably less single than I am right now. Or maybe you're just better at keeping your phone on silent. But don't worry, we'll explain it all to you in just a bit. And later on in today's show, in the second half, we're going to be talking about IUDs and Trump America. But first, back to Steve. Your company worked on the sounds of Skype. Mm-hmm. What's it like to hear that echoed back to you in the culture? So there's a legacy. You know, the, 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 the first Skype sounds uh, were created over 10 years ago. So that was definitely before our time. What we have done is work as Skype, you know, has different products and different apps uh, coming out. What we've been doing is working with them to understand what's at the core of Skype sound and how do you evolve that for different things. So, for example, a lot of those sounds are, are actually human sounds. So a lot of them are maybe some, you know, blowing into a ketchup bottle or actual kind of human sounds. We do a lot of like, you know, boop. So then you morph that with, like, these digital sounds and kind of arrive at, like, that aesthetic that is unique to Skype. You know, and this will probably freak you out, but next time you hear the Skype, you know, login, that, you know, mm -hmm. 
It's digital and human sounds kind of combined to create. And you'll hear it now. There, there are literally people going, Skype? You know that sound. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, yeah. No, I can never unhear that. You're never going to unhear it. So I'm sitting there on my couch. Mm-hmm. I open up Tinder for the first time after two, three years. Mm-hmm. Swipe, 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 swipe. And then I hear this magic sound. That means you must have gotten a match. <laughs> I was like, Tinder didn't used to make noise. But it, then I just, I got kind of into it and my, my phone was buzzing. Then the messages started to happen. I started to have fun and I realized that part of that fun had to do with the sounds I was hearing. So thank you for making them. Thank you. That's, that's great. That was the goal. So very cool. And then I muted it, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) Understandable. I told Steve about going back on Tinder. I actually ended up telling him a lot about my recent breakup. So you're, how recent, how how recently? We just broke up a month ago and then. Oh, I'm sorry. It happened. Yeah. Um, He didn't want to have a kid with me. I don't know. That's complicated. Can't have half a kid. Well, it's it's good that you guys talked about it. If you want to hear that full story, it's back in episode eight. And in that episode, you learn that I met my ex both through Skype, but also through Tinder. Which is why when I returned to this app years later, after hoping I'd never be back here except for research purposes, it kind of felt like moving back to your hometown. You know? Like you're noticing everything that stayed the same and everything that's different. There are more people here now. There's more things to do. They added Spotify and Instagram integrations. They pulled in college and work information from Facebook, and they put it right at the top of the profile. So you're no longer looking just at the picture and the age. They have second-degree friends now, the ability to unmatch, pro features that let you hide your age. You can even super like someone, which definitely doesn't work. And if you swipe too quickly no on someone and you wish you'd swiped yes, you can actually undo that now. It sounds like this. There is a trope of everyone listing their height and then making a joke about having to list their height. And there's more emojis than ever. Some people are using flags to tell you where they're from. There's more Machu Picchu. I guess they're having a big tourism boom right now. And for some reason, this joke is going viral in the app, but a lot of people like to say that their parents met on Tinder. In my actual experience of the app, a match can feel kind of uneventful. The match happens, it shows you your two photos, it encourages you guys to send each other a message, but it's pretty rare that that message actually gets sent. And it's even more rare that you can go from sending a message to actually meeting up with this person. But that noise is full of optimism. That noise says, this is a special occasion, be happy about it, this could be your chance to leave our app. Number one, we have to make sure that we express the brand values. So we're looking at keeping it lighthearted and fun. And how do we do that? Well, we use like major consonant harmonies, right? Melodies or plucked and kind of almost percussive sounds to keep it kind of lighthearted and fun. Uh, The other thing was a surprise and delight. And so we knew that whatever we create needs to have a quick tempo and, you know, kind of be upbeat. As short as it is, you know, that goes into it. And kind of fresh. So whatever we created, we didn't want it to be too uh, 
you know, dated. We wanted it to be sit within a, a contemporary aesthetic as far as app sounds go. And and the last thing was just making sure that there's some empathy and understanding in these. And so they need to be a little bit warm. There's no proper way of really talking about this at the moment, but there are some things that are that are key to certain types of sounds that have happened over the past few years. It's a very new language. So for example, when texting, if you're going to be whatever it is, if you're going to be messaging in any way, shape, or form, usually um, you, what you want to do is is create a sound and almost like the inverse of that coming back. Now, it seems very obvious, but when you stray from that, you know, people notice, clients notice, and, and they're like, well, shouldn't it do that? It's funny because no one said these are the rules. This has just happened over time, you know? And it, of course, you'll find- You don't think Apple said these are the rules? I don't think they did, no. Because, you know, they had those, remember, they had quite the skeuomorphic approach to design and also with the kind of the equivalent sonically, you know, where they would have real pianos and things. And as they moved into a flatter design, they kind of also moved into away from the the literal or the, the kind of sampled sounds or sampled sounding sounds. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but the new iOS uh, typing sound is really nice. That's a movement away from referencing kind of like typewritery type stuff, right? So moving into this this whole digital kind of world of of typing, which I think is pretty cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been chatting with Steve Milton, who's the founding partner at Listen. Their website is wearelisten.com, and you can thank them for all those great sounds you hear while swiping on Tinder. Please go turn the sound on. Well, thank you. This is a great conversation. It was fun. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now for a whole new topic. Joining me is Slate writer Christina Catarucci, and we're going to talk about women's reproductive health under Donald Trump. Christina, can you tell me, why are all my friends suddenly getting an IUD? People are scared that Donald Trump, as he's promised, will dismantle the Affordable Care Act, which he can do without Congress even. Um, Of course, he's got a pretty sympathetic majority in Congress. And one of the Great things about the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, is that it's made birth control covered under health insurance for anyone who wants or needs it. So once it's gone, people are scared that their birth control coverage uh, will go away or that he and his administration and the Congress that's working in tandem with him will be able to ban certain forms of birth control under personhood amendments. There are a lot of things that Donald Trump can and potentially will attempt to do that would make birth control a lot harder to get. My friend pointed this out, and it really kind of stuck with me, which is, do you think that this response to Donald Trump as our new president, why are we turning that into, I need to go get an IUD right now? I mean, there seems to be some 
there are definitely practical reasons why we should be worried about losing access to affordable health care. But do you think on some level women just want to experience pain right now? I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I think it can also feel like a little bit of a screw you to Donald Trump. Like you see women as sex objects or reproductive factories for the future of your, you know, the heirs of your company. I'm going to do the thing that you don't want women to do, which is take control of my own body and have open conversations about it, too. Like, I've loved seeing women talking on social media and hearing my friends talk about, you know, in in in-person conversations about what they're going to do to fulfill their own reproductive freedoms while they can. Uh, Trump would not be pleased about that. Mike Pence certainly would not be pleased about that. And so I think it probably feels good for people to be able to do a thing that is good for them and that Donald Trump would resent. But yeah, also yeah. The, the feeling pain part, more power to anyone who gets an IUD for that reason, for wanting to make their internal agony physical. Wait, should I stock up on plan B? Whether for yourself or for other people in your life who might need it, I don't think that's a bad idea. Presidents have control over the FDA, which makes <sighs> the morning after pill available. So- <sighs> Yeah, I've heard of people stocking up on stuff like that on Plan B. And part of the reason for that is because getting an abortion could become harder. You just pointed out exactly what I think is so weird about the IUD conversation right now is that I'm terrified of Donald Trump, but I also feel very privileged living in New York City with my full benefits from my job that if I want to get an IUD or if I want to get the pill, I'm going to be able to do that in the next four years. It's my neighbors that I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like instead of running out to get an IUD so so I can feel that pain, what I should really be doing is writing a check to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name. I think that's a great idea. And I would also encourage people with the means to do so to donate to abortion funds, which pay for abortions for low-income women, rural women, immigrant women. Those are the people who will not be able to access stuff like abortions, contraception, um, any kind of reproductive health care. And yeah, I mean, it's sad and it's wrong that it has to feel like, uh, you know, that private donations have to be responsible for covering necessary health care for women. But if that's what the Trump administration is going to make us do, we're going to do it. There's never been a better time and a more devoted set of reproductive rights advocates who are ready to protect what freedoms that Donald Trump is capable of of taking away. You know, for the people who are saying everything's going to be okay and they really want to believe everything's okay, you know, what are some of the first things that we should be watching for as he prepares to come to office? It's really sad because there was this idea of Hillary Clinton as, you know, the most progressive and aggressive person on reproductive rights that would ever come to the White House. The Hyde Amendment, which is what prevents federal dollars from being used for abortion, aka women on Medicaid don't have abortions covered, that was on the table to be repealed for the first time ever. I think everyone's kind of shocked right now. The first thing that people are talking about or are probably looking at is the defunding of Planned Parenthood. 
this is something that's really uh, that people have been talking about forever. Uh, Obama had made some moves to try to protect Planned Parenthood, and his administration would have stopped any attempts to defund Planned Parenthood federally because it's unconstitutional to keep people on Medicaid from using Medicaid wherever they choose. We can't count on a Trump administration to do that. Planned Parenthood does depend on federal dollars for its existence, and it's also the largest provider of abortions and reproductive health care in the country. So that's something to worry about. If there's a conservative majority on the Supreme Court, there's a lot more to worry about. I think it would be hard to overturn Roe v. Wade, but there are a lot of state-level restrictions that make it hard for abortion clinics to stay open that states could start passing and Supreme Courts could stop halting. The Congress can pass a bunch of stupid stuff about, you know, when life begins and what abortion means. And I think we're going to prepare for a lot more pointless hearings probably. But yeah, I'll keep you posted. (laughs) Thank you so much, Christina. I'm excited to follow your coverage of uh, Reproductive Rights Apocalypse Watch. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's dark in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. that I feel like that was really depressing and your show is not depressing. <sighs> Robots, I used to know the code to make you and cry. That's it for today's show. Our producer is Lindsay Cradwell and our editor is Hilary Frank. Special thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer at Panoply. Thank you also to AC Valdez. We had musical insights today from Doug Chase, Afim Shapiro, and Mike Santori. Doug pointed out that that minor interval sound effect that I played at the top of the show was actually a minor third. Remember that during the airplane scene? It came out more ding-dong than uh uh-oh, but I imagine that what Steve actually heard on that flight was more uh uh-oh. So thank you guys for using your imagination, and I hope that that difference didn't pull you out of the story. I was recently interviewed by Slate Plus, which is our Slate membership program. Members get bonus segments, exclusive member-only podcasts, and more. If you want to read that interview with my friend Leon Nafok about my decision to weave my personal life back into the show, you can sign up for their free trial. Just go to slate.com slash YOY plus. I love my Slate Plus membership, and I think you will, too. That's slate.com slash YOY plus. Next time on YOY. We'll hear the sound effects that Tinder actually rejected for their dating app. Hey, sugar bear. Kissy, kissy. Wrong button. (laughs) Sorry. Those are my self-esteem aphorisms. What a fox! Oh, thank you. Super genius! (laughs) Hey. Yeah, ouch!